0: This Lent, we are going on a journey into the heart of the Christian story using John Eldridge's book, Epic, the story God is telling. Our lives make more sense when we see ourselves in the midst of a struggle that has been going on for ages. Eldridge says, when you were born, you were born into an epic that has already been underway." For quite some time. It is a story of beauty and intimacy and adventure, a story of danger and loss and heroism and betrayal. It's a drama with four acts that we're exploring. Last week, Pastor Annansen talked about. Uh, how the story of God doesn't begin with Genesis 1, when God created the heavens and the earth. It starts with John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The mystery of our faith is that there there is only one God, and yet God is a community. Three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our triune God is loving, giving, and relational. He created everything good. So, where did things go wrong? As we look through microscopes and telescopes, we see beauty and order in creation. Yet, as we look at our television screens, we see Horrible things happening everywhere. Abductions, shootings, beheadings, refugees fleeing ruined cities, people dying of hunger and other preventable diseases. Like Job, we wonder why the wicked prosper while decent people struggle. And then we look at ourselves. And see how petty and selfish and quick to anger we can be. And how impossible it seems to change for the better. We believe that God loves us and has power over all things. But we wonder, why does suffering happen? Why doesn't God change things? How can we reconcile what we see with what we believe about God. That He is good and loving and holds all things in His hands. How do we explain and deal with evil? Have you ever wondered why all stories have a villain? The Big Bad Wolf, evil stepsisters, the Wicked Witch, Darth Vader the dark lord Sauron. Every story we tell has a villain because our world's story has a villain. Long before we came into the story, evil reared its ugly head. All the stories that we tell about the presence of an evil power in the world, all the dark characters that have sent chills down our spines and given us restless nights are spoken to us as warnings. Woven throughout the story of Scripture is the conviction that the face of evil has a personality behind it. It's not just random. In the Old Testament, he appears as a snake in the Garden of Eden. An accuser who told God that Job would curse him to his face if he took away everything he had. Scripture doesn't give us a precise description of our enemy or his full backstory. We're just given hints in different places. Isaiah chapter 14. This is one of those places that we get a little bit of a hint at who our enemy is. This whole chapter is kind of a taunt against the fallen king of Babylon. Verse 3 and 4, he says, On the day that the Lord gives you relief from suffering and turmoil and cruel bondage, The Israelites had been in exile in Babylon for 70 years. You will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. How the oppressor has come to an end. How his fury has ended. And it talks about how he has been brought low. His kingdom has been laid low. But then the image gets a little bigger, as if a curtain is being drawn back. In verse 12, it says, "'How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn! You have been cast down to earth, you who once laid low in the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mountain of assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountains. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High.'" but you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. He's talking about the king of Babylon, and yet he's not talking about the king of Babylon. It's like we're getting a picture of something that happened way before that. A rebellion in heaven. the prideful fall of one of the heavenly angels. Ezekiel... Chapter 28, we get another little glimpse of that. Again, it's a taunt. This whole chapter, 28, is a taunt against, a prophecy against the king of Tyre, another one of these nations that were oppressing the people of Israel. Son of man, say to the ruler of Tyre, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In the pride of your heart you say, I am a God. I sit on the throne of a God in the heart of the seas. But you are a man and not a God, though you think you are as wise as a God. But then, a little bit later, verse 12 and verse 13, it's like the camera pans back a little bit. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect beauty. You were in Eden, in the garden of God. Verse 14, you were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I anointed you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you he goes on and talks about how he drove this enemy from the mountain of God. So I threw you to the earth. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. So we get these glimpses throughout the Old Testament of this enemy who rages fiercely here on earth. In the New Testament... We see a great battle between good and evil, between Jesus and the devil, between God and his chief opponent. The evil one is not the character that we see in cartoons, you know, a guy in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. In Revelation, we see an even more dramatic image of him the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 12, which we heard read just a little bit ago. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun about to give birth, and then an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. Verse 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. And then, verse 12, Rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. We're never really given a complete story of how evil began, but these passages in Scripture suggest that Satan was a captain of the angels, who rebelled against God and was hurled down from heaven. And now he rages fiercely here on earth because he knows his time is short. In verse 17, it talks about how the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. This is a universe at war. Eldridge says in his book, the world in which we live is a combat zone, a violent clash of kingdoms, a bitter struggle unto death. It's not a struggle of equals, though. We don't look at God and the devil as an equally powerful yin and yang that balance each other. We don't regard the devil as another God. We sing, we believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We don't have an equal creed that says we believe in the devil and his angels. No, we don't give him that much satisfaction. There is only one God, and He has no equals. One name for God in the Old Testament that we sang in A Mighty Fortress today was the Lord Almighty. It's from Psalm 46. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Our mighty fortress. The word, the Lord God Sabaoth is His name. That Hebrew word Sabaoth means the Lord of hosts. Now by host, here scripture doesn't mean somebody who hosts a party the hosts of god are his angel armies this is the god who is at war since satan cannot storm heaven by force he rages here on earth he uses cunning to go after god's children Scripture tells us that Satan is the father of lies. He is the ultimate expert at smoke and mirrors. He's good at making up lies about himself and getting people to believe them. The devil is a slippery character. Just when you think you have him all figured out and pinned to the wall, he slips around behind you and has your own knife at your throat. It's so easy for us to demonize Other people, to take a look at what's going on in the Middle East and what's going on on the news and say, oh, there's evil right there, only to become the devil's tool ourselves. Perhaps we should see our confusion about the devil's identity as evidence for his existence. We are legion the demons said to Jesus when he cast them out of the man who lived in the tombs. Satan's abilities to confuse and distort also seem to be legion. Today, people tend to live as if there is no villain in the world at all, or get so focused on him that they see him behind every inconvenience they experience. Some people blame the devil for everything. Every bad decision that they make, every roadblock that comes their way. Ah, oh, I didn't get that parking spot. Darn you, devil! <laughs> you know people like that? <laughs> Who are so focused on the work of the devil that they can see demons everywhere. Most of us, though, go to the other extreme. We tend to live like we don't have an enemy. Our alarm goes off. We hit the snooze, especially this morning. Grab a few more Z's, then gulp down some coffee on our way off to work. We wonder why we have so many hassles. We drive home. We watch some TV. We feed the cat, go to bed, never wondering how our enemy might be seeking to distract and harm us all the way throughout our day. Our society tries to get us to believe that evil can be explained as just the result of people's selfish decisions and random accidents. The French poet Baudelaire said that the greatest ruse of the devil is to convince us that he doesn't exist. Our enemy is subtle. C.S. Lewis in the screw tape letters gives us kind of a picture of a senior devil writing a junior devil and giving him ideas about how to treat his patient, the person that he's in charge of tempting and leading astray. And the senior devil is always saying, what you need to do is keep your patient off balance, distracted, fuddled, focused on other things, and just kind of hazy about his life then you'll be able to really work on him. Interestingly, there's going to be a production of this series of letters as a play at Stephen's Auditorium in ISU uh, on April 14th. As Christians, we are constantly under attack. We need to pray for protection. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus tells us to pray, deliver us from evil. Or you can even translate that phrase, deliver us from the evil one. Martin Luther, in his morning prayer that he would use every day, you can find it in a copy of the small catechism, says this, Heavenly Father, I thank you through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have so graciously protected me this night from all danger and harm. I ask that you would keep me this day also from all sin and evil, that my life and actions might serve and please you. Into your hands I commend my body and soul and all that is mine. Let your holy angel have charge of me, that the wicked foe have no power over me. Amen. Our foe rages so fiercely because he's a cornered animal. Have you ever backed up a wild animal into a corner, either on purpose or by accident? And all of a sudden, this little raccoon, this little squirrel, suddenly becomes a ball of fury. It's all claws and teeth, and it's coming at you. Satan is just like that cornered animal, raging fiercely because he knows his time is short. This past week in the Seek God for the City devotion, on Friday, the prayer was about seeking God to bring victory over evil powers. And one of the scripture passages was from Luke 10, where Jesus sent out the 70 followers to preach in His name and to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And they came back and reported back to Him and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in Your name. And He said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. However, Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And the prayer said, Jesus, be our captain. We are more thrilled about your rise to glory than we are distracted by the downfall of Satan. Restrain us from waging vigilante warfare on our own strength. As you authorize us, we will act in your authority. Secure in your covering which shields us from the enemy. Be our champion. Rise to break the grip of dark powers that hold captive the ones you came to save. Though we do not understand the presence of evil in the world, we trust that God will not let it prevail. God is at war with Satan and will triumph in the end. Christ has already defeated the devil through his own death and resurrection. As Christians, we are called to resist the devil as well by standing firm in our faith and clinging to the hope that we have in Christ. We are called to fight together against our enemy, to take up the full armor of God and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. In Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress, we sang about both the reality of evil and the source of our great hope. He said, Our ancient foe seeks to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate, on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side. The man of God's own choosing. Who is that? Christ Jesus. It is He. Lord Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts is He. From age to age the same. And He must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. For God has willed His truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. That word is Jesus Christ, the source of our hope and salvation. As terrifying as Satan may appear, As hard as He may rage in the world around us, He has been hurled down and will soon be destroyed. May our Lord protect us and give us courage to stand and fight for our families, our community, our world, and our own hearts. Amen.